Welcome to the Renaissance Podcast. If you would like to participate in online worship, sermons, and children's programs, then check out the Renaissance Church at Home page at rendicator.org. Now, let's get started. Well, hello, everyone. It is so great that we can meet online like this, and hopefully that we will both be encouraged by what we learn today. I've been thinking about all of you, praying and hoping that you are all doing well and staying healthy through all of this COVID-19 epidemic, pandemic thing that is going on in the world around us. Uh, I wanna share something with you that I, was, um, that I ran across as I was doing my weekly Bible study this week. Um, it's uh, in the book of Philippians chapter one, and it's written by the apostle Paul. And just by way of backstory, just so you know what's happening, Paul has found himself sitting in a prison cell in Rome, and he's in prison awaiting what would be his eventual execution. And he's there not because he broke any crimes or committed any crimes or broke any rules. He's there because of this one thing, that he believes in Jesus, that he believes Jesus is the Son of God, the Lord, the Savior of the world, that God sent his son Jesus to the world, that he died upon the cross, and that he was raised from the dead on the third day. And it was that message that, that Paul was sharing to other people. And other people were hearing about this, and they became frustrated in what Paul was doing, and they had him arrested. And Paul is sitting in this prison cell, awaiting his uh, execution if you will, and he's writing letters, words of encouragement to, to friends, um, brothers and sisters in Christ, back in some of the other churches that he used to be a part of, a part of these other churches that he established as he used to do his missionary journeys all through Asia Minor. And it's in Philippians chapter one that I ran across this line that was so challenging and yet encouraging to me. I would like to read it for you here. It's in Philippians chapter one, verse 12. He says this, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me um, has really served to advance the gospel. So Paul is saying as he sits in a prison cell awaiting his execution that the things that are happening to him have really served to advance the gospel. So Paul seems to understand a couple things here. First off, we understand this. Paul by no means or ways thinks that God has caused this particular situation in his life. He does not believe that this situation he finds himself in was caused by God. But he does know this, that God will use his current situation and use it to serve his desire to advance the gospel of Jesus through the entire world. And I find that compelling. I think God wants to actually use our current situation like that that his situation was used by God to advance the gospel. And I think God wants to use our current situation to advance the gospel as well. So how did God use Paul's situation to advance the gospel, gospel in his time? Well, he did it by this. There were a number of people, uh, people who followed Paul, 
that had become quiet and timid when persecution struck out against the church. Many people stopped sharing the truth and love of Jesus to other people in fear that they would be arrested like Paul. But when they looked at Paul and when they saw him in prison and he was not afraid of uh, dying and he was not uh, concerned that God was uh, in control of everything, he knew that God was over his situation even though he was in a prison cell. So we see that God is in control of all things and he had no fear of even dying. What we've noticed these last few weeks as this global pandemic has swept across the globe is there are two things on the forefront of every person's mind in the world today. Number one, you are not in control. And the sec second thing is this, is that you will die eventually that death comes for us all. We are not in control and death is a certainty to us all. What's striking about that is that we can see first and foremost that God wants us to realize a couple things about our own particular situation that we find ourselves in. A number of weeks ago, the government came out and told us that we needed to cancel all gatherings of 250 people or more. And this felt like a little restriction on our freedom so to speak. We as a church had to cancel our church gatherings because we, we, we had over 250 people at each gathering. And that was frustrating to us. We've shared that with you already. But then a couple days go by, then they limit the gatherings to 100 people, then to 50 people, then to 10 people. So now all we can do, we feel like, is we can go to work, come home, grab the family. The kids are out of school, right? We can grab the family, go out to eat. But then that freedom was taken away from us. We couldn't even go out to restaurants any longer. So our lives simply devolved into go to work and come home. And then going to work was taken away from us. Slowly over time, the, the bubble of our lives got smaller and smaller and smaller. A prison cell, if you will, began to encircle around us. These freedoms were taken away from us. And now with this shelter-in-place moratorium, many of us can't go back to work for some time now. One of the errors of um, American Christianity, especially the Americans, uh, evangelical Christians that we find ourselves overtly uh, prone to, is we have this strong emphasis on individualism. We have this, this belief that, that no one can tell us what to do, that we are, uh, as the saying goes, the king of our own castle. No one tells me what I can and can't do. And yet, in the midst of this pandemic, that's the first thing that we're understanding, that we are not, in fact, in control. We are not making these decisions for ourselves. Others are making it for us. And it is pushing against that very idea of individualism. And I believe that God would want us to learn something here. In the gospel of Jesus, we learn that it is in fact not us who are the king of our domains, our domain, but it is in fact Jesus who should be the king of our domains. That it is Jesus who should be king of everything. And in fact, Paul, who wrote this letter to Philippians, also wrote another letter, letter to Christians in Colossae, where he writes this in Colossians chapter 1, where he says, and I'm paraphrasing here, that Jesus, it was Jesus who created everything. It was by him everything was created, and for him was everything created. And it is held together for him and by him. Jesus is in fact the king, not us. 
And so while we experience social distancing and the lack of being able to go to work or restaurant or movie theaters, and we are pushed, uh, we are being pushed and pushed against this idea that somehow we are in control, we have to surrender that. And for those of us who are Christians, people like myself, believers, already followers in Christ, when we experience some level of anxiety or worry over this, I think it's exposing that reality in our lives, that we maybe have parts of our lives that we do not want to surrender fully to God, that we still like to be in control, that we still like to be in charge of things. If you were to read through the Old Testament, and I encourage some of you to do that as you find yourself having all kinds of uh, free time these days. Let's not just waste that free time, but, but read the Bible and learn more about God. But if you were to read the Old Testament, you will see continually that God is described as a God who is jealous for his people and jealous for the premier position in their lives. He does not want to share the spotlight of anything or anyone. He wants to be the centerpiece of our lives. And when you and I, when we bristle at the thought of someone else telling us what to do, when we, when we bristle at the idea that we don't want our freedoms taken away from us, we have to sit back and consider, have we pushed God out of our lives that way too? We have to think, have we not allowed Jesus to be the center of our lives as well? And so during this pandemic, we are being exposed to that shortcoming in our lives. And we must, we must lean into God and understand what he would want us to learn from, it, from him in this time. So the whole world right now is being reminded of that truth, that we are in fact not in control. And this is an opportunity of the, the gospel of Jesus to advance like it did in Paul's day. When people understand that they're not in control, but Jesus is, the truth of Jesus can move forward. The second thing that we are thinking of often uh, these days is that death is a certainty. Not to be morbid, but it's true. All of the measures that we are taking right now, what with social distancing, uh, shelter in place, you're not going to work or restaurants and all of those things, all of those practices are being done to protect ourselves to protect ourselves and others from getting the coronavirus and which would eventually lead to sickness and possibly even death. We are desperate to remain alive and I don't fault us for thinking that way, but I just want you to see what is being exposed in that. For the longest time and even before this pandemic swept across the world here, that we have been fearful of aging and of dying. You can look at every cosmetic ad for every cream ever invented to remove wrinkles. We look down upon aging. We tell older people in the workplace that they are no longer relevant and can't produce what younger people can, pushing them to the side oftentimes. We tell older pastors like myself that they are irrelevant sometimes and they can't preach to a younger generation, that aging is something to be um, uh, avoided at all costs. And because of that, it is laid in alongside of it, the double rail of that track, if you will, a fear of dying as well. And so we have heaped up all of this fear of aging, all this fear of dying, swept it under the rug in the middle of our lives, and this pandemic has come and pulled the rug back. And now we have to deal with that which stares us in the face. 
We have to answer questions to our children who ask, Mom, Dad, why can't we go out to, to the restaurant tonight? Mom, why can't we go back to school? We have to say it's because this little bitty virus could possibly take our lives. We are confronted with our fear of dying. Don't get me wrong, I don't want to die. Paul even says at one point that he doesn't want to die either. He says, if I did die, that's fine. I'll just go be with the Lord. But understand this, that nobody really wants to die. But if we truly understand what the gospel says, what it says about Jesus is not only is he the king of everything, that he is sovereign over all things, but he's in fact even sovereign over death itself. We read this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul, again, writing to Christians in a city called Corinth, bringing encouragement and, and, and uh, correction to them in some of their thinking. He says this in verse 20, but in fact, Christ Jesus has been raised from the dead. He says the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep or those who have fallen dead, fallen asleep, it's a euphemism for being dead. It just means this, for as a man came death, speaking of Adam, that as a, a man came death, by a man comes also the resurrection of the dead. For as an Adam, right, the Adam from Adam and Eve back in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned against God and death entered the world, it says, for as an Adam all die, so also in Christ all shall be made alive. Sin entered the world through Adam. You and I are naturally born into this reality that we will eventually face death. But hear me, but death for believers, death for those people in Christ is nothing to be feared. It doesn't mean we race towards it with reckless abandon, not obeying the restrictions that have been placed on our lives right now. It just means this, that if we're living with a certain level of anxiety and worry over this situation, then, do we, then are we really leaning into Jesus who is um, not just king over everything, but also king over death as well? If we have a, an unresolved fear over death, are we not fully experiencing the true nature of the gospel for us? Jesus has overcome death and we have the hope of resurrection. Even after our days come and go, we will be resurrected in new bodies, whatever that looks like, and we will live with the Lord forever. And that is hope for us. The whole world is focusing on these things. This is a strange day indeed. We are not in control. This microscopic virus has literally shut down the world. And the fear of death has become forefront in our mind. We have to address it. And these days might feel like a prison to us lately, especially for my friends who are extroverts. And I've been thinking about my extroverted friends lately and how they must be going insane right now, living in isolation from one another. For the record, us introverts are doing just fine. <laughs> Anyways, what we're learning is that our freedoms have been taken away from us, but this is a wonderful opportunity to advance the gospel. Just like in Paul's day, he says, my circumstances are going to serve the advancement of the gospel. And here's what I think God would wanna to say to us today. That our current situation, that our current circumstances, God wants to use them to serve the advancement of the gospel. And by that, I mean this. I think first he wants to advance it deeper into our own lives and understanding. 
for those of us who are in Christ Jesus already, believers already, we need to push back against the fears that we have. We need to push back against our concern over the situation to lean into the truth that Jesus is sovereign. God is ruling and reigning over everything. Nothing is taking place right now outside of God's purview that he understands and oversees everything that is taking place. So we can advance the gospel into our own lives. And when we feel anxiousness over losing our lives, then we don't fully understand that God has rescued us from that fear. And we, can, that we hope to live eternally forever, resurrected with him always and forever. So the gospel can advance in our own lives, but maybe even more importantly, the gospel can advance in the lives of other people. That God can use our current situation to share the truth and love of Jesus to people around us. And what does that look like? It looks like we need to share what we believe about Jesus to others. And we do that first by not being fearful in this time. That the world around us is looking to those of us who have faith in Jesus to not be afraid, to be like Paul in that prison cell, possibly shackled, who knows, right? But knowing his execution is drawing close and he's not fearful at all. He's not concerned about his current situation. We need to be people who are um, unafraid of what's happening right now. It's not to again mean that we live recklessly or whatever, but we're just not fearful because God is in control. And another way that we can share the gospel of Jesus, that we can advance the gospel to other people, is, is to love on them. It was Jesus, our Lord, who said these words in Matthew chapter 22. I'm paraphrasing here, but when asked what the greatest commandments of God are, he simply reply, replied this. The, you, the first is this, to love God with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And the second is like it. He says this, to love your neighbors as yourself. That he has commanded followers of God to love their neighbors, to love other people as they love themselves. Paul actually talks about this in, in Romans chapter 13, verse 8, when he says this, that if we have any debt at all, that we shouldn't owe anybody anything, pay our taxes, pay our bills, all that stuff. The only debt we carry around is that which has been given to us by God, and that is the debt to love each other, that we have been commanded by God to love one another. And so during this time, what can we do to advance the gospel in the lives of other people? can not be afraid, and we can love them. We can love them by checking in on them. When he says love your neighbors, that could very well be the person living next to you or someone across town that you kind of know a little bit, checking in with your coworkers, seeing how they're doing, calling them, seeing if there's any needs that they might have. I've made the strangest phone calls this week because I've just been li living my life um, uh, trying to be aware of what the Holy Spirit would be saying to me. And I've made phone calls to people that I haven't talked to in years. As they've been on my mind, I believe that the Lord wanted me to reach out to them. And all I'm asking them is like, how are you doing? Are you doing okay? Do you need anything? And in saying those words, I'm letting them know that I love them and I care for them. And hopefully we can do that with other people. Maybe God would lay someone on your mind that you can call and, and, and check in on. Ask them those questions. How are you doing? Is everybody staying healthy? Is there anything that you need? I would love to go get it for you and bring it to your house. And hear me when I say this, and don't go in their house. 
bring the supplies to their doorstep, ring the doorbell and back up. When they answer the door, just wave, tell them that you love them and drive away. You don't, know to, you don't need to go into their house to love them. But we can do all of these things to show people that we care about them. And we can even share the hope that we have in Jesus with them. We can take a moment to, to, to explain why we're not fearful of losing our own lives here. Not reckless, but we're not fearful. And why we're um, not afraid that we're losing some of our freedoms because we know ultimately God is in control and we've surrendered our lives to him a long time ago. Paul said that his imprisonment served to advance the gospel of Jesus. Are we letting our current situation do the same thing? Are all of these things, shelter in place, social distancing, not going to restaurants, all of those things that we have to endure right now, are they serving to advance the gospel in our lives and others? That's the challenge that I had this week. That's the things that I've been pondering as I'm reading through scripture, asking God, what are you saying to me during this time? I've already said uh, this to a couple friends and I'll share it with you now. Um, as our world will probably eventually rebound back to normal, if you will, in a few weeks or months. I've already said this. I don't want to go back to normal for me. My, my life was already filled up with so many things that, that were just bringing stress to my life and anxieties to my life. This, this time of social distancing and isolation has really been a, a corrective measure in my life to remind me of the things that are most important to sit on the couch with my wife and watch television, to put together a puzzle with my youngest daughter, to uh, debate with my oldest daughter what social distancing really means, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But all of these times that I'm enjoying with my family, I'm relearning are the most important things for me. I think you'll find the same thing when all of this is said and done. I wanna be like Paul. At the end of all of this, I want the gospel to have advanced deeper into my life. I want to have understood Jesus more at the end of this. In two months, when all of this is done, whenever that looks like, will I know God better having gone through this? Will my neighbors know God better because I had had to go through all of this? That's the question that I'm um, thinking about these days. So I'll close with this. I, I just want you to know that I love all of you dearly. I think of you often through the day. I've already said that I know. Um, I, I wish I could help more of you in more tangible ways. But know this, I'm praying for you. I'm asking the Lord to care for you. If it's not through my own hands, it's through the hands of someone else that they might love on you in a way that Jesus is real to you. I, I'm praying that you are spending this time to know the Lord more that you're spending this time in, in prayer and contemplation, that you're using some of this time to really settle yourself into the quiet moments with God. With this slowed down, unhurried pace of life, if we can't take quiet moments with God now, when will we ever be able to? So I challenge you, these next few days, these next few weeks, start your day with 
an unhurried prayer before God. Spend some quiet time before um, the family wakes up and the busyness of even your own home picks up. Just be with the Lord. Spend some time reading the word. I know Stacy said earlier that, that we should find ourselves listening to music or even watching videos with good godly content that we are encouraged and edified during this time. Um, Paul's life, his situation when used, was used to advance the gospel, and I'm praying that for you and for me. Would you pray with me right now? God, we thank you that even when our world is really um, chaotic around us, that you are the peace that we can hold on to, that you really are the hope that we have when all, all things are seemingly out of control, we know, God, that you are still in control. And God, we, we pray for the, the safety of all of the healthcare workers, all of our friends who work in the, the healthcare field, and, and all of those people who are still considered to be essential employees going to work when, when everyone else is staying home to avoid the, the virus, that many people are going out into work. God, we pray for them. We ask for godly wisdom and godly care for them, that you would, that you would uh, cover them and protect them while they go to work. God, I pray for, for this time that our families would, would be more united together than we have been in years, that husbands and wives would have conversations again, <laughs> That, that children would, would come and spend time with their families again, that the, the slowdown of this life would be healing to the family, Lord. And I pray even our church, Lord, as we are separated, we can't meet but online, God, that you would do a, a miracle in uniting us together, that we would be people who, who, when we think of someone else, that we would reach out to them and care for them and love on them. And God, make us look like the church right? The hands and feet of Jesus going into the world to help everyone in need. God, we love you and we thank you for everything that you do. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys. And um, I love you. I really do. Thank you for listening to the Renaissance Podcast. I hope that God has spoken to you through this message and that you're encouraged to continue pursuing Him. If you would like to get connected with what's going on here at Renaissance, then find us on social media or visit us online at rendicator.org. Remember to check out the Renaissance Church at Home page for online worship, sermons, and children's programs that are being offered during the COVID-19 outbreak.